What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Thursday, October 14th, week six, starting tonight. The Eagles, as uh, my friends in Philadelphia call them, facing off against Tampa Bay. Since I am doing this podcast early enough, I'm going to assume that you might listen to this before the game. If you are listening to this after the game and I happen to talk about anything about the game, just know. (laughs) All right? If I was wrong... You don't have to come at me on Twitter, okay? (laughs) It happens. Anyway, uh, if you do want the wide receiver cornerback matchup information that I'm using here to uh, power this here podcast today, you can get it over at ftnfantasy.com, ftnbets.com, or ftndaily.com. All three sites have it. Depends on what you want to play. If you want to play season-long fantasy football, season-long fantasy hockey, hockey, we got that going on over there, baseball, all that fun stuff at FTNFantasy.com. If you want to bet on things, just things, just stuff, FTNBets.com. And if you want to play a little DFS, FTNDaily.com. Of course, if you want to get all three, we have that for you as well. But uh, check that out, promo code RATPACK. All right, let's dive into it. We got a lot of upgrades, a lot of downgrades. This is a fun week, man. Bye week starting. <laughs> you may be in a, a, a leagues like me where seemingly everybody's on bye this week, so that happens. But bye week starting, lots of interesting matchups. The rubber meets the road when the bye weeks start. Let's start with the upgrades. I got Stefan Diggs, man. I talked about this on a podcast yesterday. Somebody saying, is it time to consider benching him? No, 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 no. Not this week especially. But I think the key here, and, and I get it, he hasn't had that signature game. But he has had 47 targets. That's you know, you're almost at 10 per game, and that's target monster. You know, that's that's a I know it's a silly thing, but whatever. 10 targets per game, that's always the line in the sand for me. If you have 10 targets per game, you're a freaking monster in a good way, and he's almost there. 13.3 average depth of target. It's it's one of those, it's like the calm before the storm. And maybe, just maybe, this is the week against Tennessee where he's going to see a lot of Janoris Jenkins. Jack Rabbit has allowed 20 catches on 22 catchable targets this season, and receivers are getting separation on him, at least one step of separation on 86% of targeted routes. That's a lot of separation. Ty Freak against Washington. We love this matchup. I love this game just in general. Cameron Curl covers the slot at times for Washington. He is a safety. Some teams will do that. I mean, just because he's a safety doesn't mean he can't cover the slot. It's not a knock on him. But he is not going to know what hit him when he's up against Tyreek Hill. Uh, And also, and by the way, two scores on eight catches for Cameron Curl. Also, though, on the outside, so William Jackson, some of the numbers look good. He's allowing a 47% catch rate. But... 15.2 average depth of target. That's deep. And three scores allowed already. I think Tyreek Hill goes nuts this week. You know, it's a roller coaster ride with Ty Freak, but this is one of those where this will be on the upslope. Okay? On the upslope. DJ Moore coming off a really tough outing where he did see a shadow against Darius Slay. But Minnesota, much, much different. He's not going to have anybody traveling with him. So you have Bashad Breeland, Patrick Peterson, and Mackenzie Alexander. They've already allowed five combined scores in their coverage. They are not getting it done in contested situations. Receivers coming down with 10 balls on 12 contested targets. Moore's going to bounce back. How about Jamar Chase? He's the alpha 
in Cincinnati. Five scores through the first five games. A dot 15.5. That is essentially all it's close to double what T. Higgins is seeing, which is surprising to me, but T. Higgins at 8.3. Uh, give me the downfield target, especially when he's catching balls like Jamar Chase. Uh Armani Oruarie did shadow Justin Jefferson last week, but Jefferson had no problem in that. We could see Oruarie travel with Chase. I, I don't think that happens actually here, but they're still going to see each other on close to half of Chase's routes. He lines up on the left 46% of the time. So giddy up. Oruarie allowing 16 yards per catch. Opposing receivers have caught four of six contested targets. In other words, Chase isn't going to have a problem getting his hand on the football or hands, hands plural, on the football. Maybe hand. Maybe he'll have a one, one hand a catch. And racking up yardage in the process. I like DK Metcalf this week. Yes, I know. Geno Smith under center, but... Of the two, I'm I'm less concerned about DK. No shadow situation here. He lines up on the left almost 60% of the time. It's been 58% of the time. That means James Pierre, Nacho Hayden. And against Pierre, opposing receivers allow, or averaging, that is, 15.1 yards per catch. 83% of catchable targets have been caught against Pierre. Cooper Cup against the Giants. The tougher matchup is on the outside against the Giants. And Cup has been phenomenal this season. I'm not worried about last week. 87% of his targeted routes, he's had at least a step of separation. That's silly good. He's getting open like crazy. Where, you know, we'll see him primarily is out of the slot, which means not James Bradbury, uh, not Adoree Jackson, but Julian Love, who hasn't played much this season, 46 snaps, Notre Dame product, so it's not like he's some no-namer. But... He's allowed to catch on all five of his uh, catchable targets thrown into his coverage. So I, I don't think Cup's going to have any problem here. Terry McLaurin, get the popcorn ready for this game. McScorin is going to go up against this secondary that has already allowed nine scores on the season. Mike Hughes has allowed 17 receptions on 21 catchable targets. So, uh, yeah, McScorin's going to go off. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. I love this. With no juju, there's more targets available. DJ Reed and Sidney Jones on the outside. Both allowed two scores, and Sidney Jones has also given up 16.8 yards per catch this season. Keenan Allen against Baltimore. The slot is where you want to go after with with Baltimore. Tavon Young has managed tight coverage on just 6% of his targeted routes this season. Keenan Allen this week. All right, let me take a quick break. I still have a couple more upgrades to get to. A lot of upgrades this week. Then we'll dive into the downgrades right after the break. All right, so like I said, lots and lots and lots of upgrades this week. Probably the most upgrades I have I think I've had since I've started writing this article, which is good. I'm happy with that. But here's one that I know people are going to be very reluctant to use, but you got to hear me out on it. Ready? Allen Robinson. Oh, I know. And I know, in fact, that people are so fed up with him that he has been widely dropped. I get it. But it's against Green Bay. Now, Jair Alexander is on injured reserve. Kevin King did not practice yesterday. And even if it was Kevin King on the field, I'd be like, eh, I kind of like that for Allen Robinson. They're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Allen Robinson this week is very sneaky. Very sneaky. 
More of a DFS, probably. I know you'd be reluctant to use him in season long. And by the way, just to say this, because I didn't say it already, I am talking to two audiences here. Obviously, you're using Stephon Diggs and you're using Tyreek Hill and Jamar Chase in season long. But where their price, when the price point comes into play, you may fade those guys if it's a bad matchup. Well, they're all worth it. Allen Robinson, very sneaky this week. Brandon Cooks got the star treatment last week against New England. He's not going to see that against Indy this week. I like him to bounce back. Xavier Rhodes has allowed three scores in his coverage already this season. And uh, opposing receivers averaging 19.7 yards per catch against Xavier Rhodes. Brandon Cooks, this one sets up perfectly for him. Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager on Thursday night against Tampa. Tampa's another secondary that's been ravaged by injuries, so they're starting Richard Sherman and Ross Cockrell, along with Jamel Dean. Sherman's who I want to pick on. He has allowed 12 catches on 12 catchable targets so far this season, since getting on the field two weeks ago. He's only been in tight coverage 13% 13% of targeted routes, so I think the Eagles are going to exploit that matchup. Jalen Waddell versus Jacksonville. Uh, injuries have basically thrust him into the uh, top spot there for the Dolphins. You have no Will Fuller, and Devontae Parker wasn't practicing yesterday, so he may not play this week as well. It's low dot there for Jalen Waddell. Average depth of target is just 4.6 yards, but... He's going to get his hands on the football, and going up against Trey Herndon, he's allowed seven catches on seven targets so far this season out of the slot. That's a good spot there for uh, Jalen Waddell. Uh, Let's go over to the matchup downgrades here, and I'm going to start with, uh, well, I have A.J. Green at the top of my list. Not that you're probably considering much anyway, but if you were, Greedy Williams has been awesome this season, and I figure the way that the Cardinals do things is they don't move their receivers around, so Green's going to see a ton of Greedy Wilson. Greedy Wilson's been really good, like really good for this team. Uh, So far on the season, he has seen uh, 20 targets thrown into his coverage, allowed just 12 receptions on those 20 targets. It's going to be a tough one for A.J. Green. Tim Patrick against the Raiders. I I don't quite know exactly what to expect out of this Raiders team as a whole, obviously in the wake of everything that has happened. But I will tell you that so far this season, their secondary has been quite good. Casey Hayward Jr. is having, I mean, he's in the midst of a career year in a lot of ways, and he's had a pretty darn good career. Now, granted, we're only five weeks into the season, but five catches allowed so far this season. Uh, Trayvon Mullen playing good football as well uh, with a 61% catch rate in his coverage. So it's a tough one for Tim Patrick. I'm not worried about Cortland Sutton, but a tougher one there for Tim Patrick. Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault. We do have a potential shadow situation with Jones uh, and Chenault. Now, the way I would expect this one, based on what we saw last week, so they they actually shadowed reverse of what I thought. They put Xavier Howard on Antonio Brown. They put Byron Jones on Mike Evans. So that would indicate to me that Chenault could see Howard and Jones could see uh, Jones could see Jones. <laughs> if that makes sense. It's going to be a tough one regardless for those guys and we we know after last week our confidence level isn't necessarily as high. Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards across the board get a downgrade against the Denver secondary which has been quite good this season. All the depth that they have there Bryce Callahan in the slot especially for Hunter Renfro is going to be really tough. 
Callahan has been excellent this season. Four, five catches, that is, on 14 targets so far this year. Just nine yards per catch. That's good. That's a tough one across the board for uh, the Raiders. And like I said, we just don't know what the what the team's going to look like in the wake of everything that's happened here for the team. Uh, let's go to Adam Thielen. So Adam Thielen has been on the decline as it was, and I don't like the matchup as well. I am not worried necessarily about Justin Jefferson. Thielen, he ha- he didn't practice yesterday. I don't think that's anything, but this one just does not set up well for him. If he sees his share of Dante Jackson, Dante Jackson's done a pretty nice job this season. Not standout, not elite, but he's allowing 10.1 yards per catch, so he's keeping things in front of him. And that could prove to be tricky here for Adam Thielen, whose target volume has already been on the downslope. Kadarius Tony, Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I mean, really, it's everybody. It's Sterling Shepard as well, but it's against the Rams. If the Rams, what they've been doing so far, sticks, Kadarius Tony is going to see a bunch of Jalen Ramsey. It's not a shadow situation, but Jalen Ramsey playing in the slot, Kadarius Tony running out of the slot, not good for Tony this week. If you picked him up, I would not be trying to force him in the lineups. And finally, A.J. Brown. Um, I'm using A.J. Brown as a wide receiver, too, in season long, by the way. I'm just not using him in DFS this week. He's facing Buffalo. Buffalo obviously has some talent on the defensive side of the ball, and in particular, some guy named Tredavious White. <laughs> And that, that'll help the cause. Now, I don't know if necessarily they do go out and shadow. It wouldn't surprise me if they prioritize him. That'll change if Julio Jones gets back on the field. I think if Julio's on the field, they don't just prioritize A.J. Brown. But if Julio isn't, they could take A.J. Brown largely out of the game uh, for for the most part. So I'd be careful there. I, like I said, I have him as a top 24 option in season long. I just am not going to use him here in DFS. So remember, that's the key right there. Of course, if you want the article, the article will be published over at ftnfantasy.com. Break that all down for you with all the great nuggets of information. If you want the chart, uh, the shadow coverage index, all that fun stuff as well, it's over there. Promo code RATPACK. All right, tomorrow we're going to break down all of the matchups remaining on the slate for you. In the meantime, at Jeff Radcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Radcliffe on Instagram. Enjoy Thursday Night Football, and I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Radcliffe, and I'm out.